0: Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Welcome to episode 10. In the fourth part of our fish series, we're looking at the S of our fish acrostic, spirit. Hello, my father.
1: Hello, daughter. It's good to be back together.
0: Always. I love seeing your smiling face.
1: Yeah, this is one of those rare episodes where we're in the same room. This is pretty nice,
0: indeed. And it's also tickling me for whatever reason that you're holding a glass of water and we're talking about the spirit. And I'm just thinking about living water and
1: spirit there you go, and just streams of living water. Mm-hmm, yes,
0: mm-hmm. goes right back to our our well discussion from oh maybe that was
1: episode one,
0: whenever it was. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we did talk about the well. Yes, I think it was episode one of this series.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yes. True, I should talk in parts, not episodes. That could get confusing for people. But anyway, this episode, Living in the Spirit, um, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit is a topic we could spend many, many episodes on. For today, we are going to look at some key principles and practices for what it looks like to walk in the Spirit. You've said, trying to live the Christian life in the flesh is a bit like a Jedi going into a fight and deciding not to use the Force. I mean, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's um, like, forget the force. I'm just gonna beat this guy with my fist, right? Yeah, no, right? it doesn't, yeah, okay. Um,
0: but while that's an apt analogy, we also want to be very clear that the Holy Spirit is not just some force,
1: he's not the force, right? Yeah. It's not a synonym.
0: He is a person, he's God, and we can have an intimate relationship with him. Um, that's not just power related. And one of the keys to our walk with God is seeking and relying on his wisdom. So. Um, I'm excited to look today at one of my favorite of your acrostics, Slow. Um, at Deeper Walk, we have a fabulous community we call Trailblazers who have committed to donate monthly $25 or more to support the ministry of Deeper Walk. And I bring this up because um, something we do for new Trailblazers, that's my impression we're still doing that, um, is we'll send them a keychain. And on one side of the key, it says, Slow, right. stop, listen, obey, or watch. And yeah, do you want to explain what this acrostic is or give a story?
1: Oh, sure. So, the reason that SLOW is out there is SLOW. I, I don't need to back up here, but I'll just say what SLOW is and then I'll give the okay, story. Okay. So, SLOW is it stands for um, seek, listen, obey, watch. So, S L O W, seek, listen, obey, watch. Sometimes I use stop instead of seek, but it's the idea of stop and seek. Mm. So, um, this acrostic was developed because I was. Looking for a way to explain what it looked like to walk in the spirit instead of the flesh. And so I would go to like Paul's writings where he says, So I tell you, walk in the spirit, and you will not gratify to the desires of the flesh. And I'm like, great. So this next paragraph is going to explain how to do that, right? And it wouldn't. He would just go on to another topic. And I was starting to get frustrated with Paul, honestly. It's <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> I'm like, hey, why don't you explain this for those of us who don't intuitively know what it means to walk in the spirit? And uh, But he said it like everybody knew what he was talking about. So you got to backfill from there. What is he talking about walking in the Spirit? So having spent a lot of my time in Old Testament, one of the things you notice in the Old Testament is that those people who are wise are often described as being filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, now, sometimes it's spirit of the Elohim in Hebrew, so people like spirit of the gods is sometimes how it's translated. But I think the idea is that the spirit of God inside someone tends to refer to the idea of wisdom. Thus, we have Bezalel and Aholiab, who are the you know architect engineers of the tabernacle. It says they were filled with the spirit of God. Daniel was filled with the Spirit of God, and so he was able to give wisdom about what they should do. Joseph was filled with the Spirit of God, so he had wisdom about how to handle the upcoming famine and that sort of thing. So we see this routinely in the Old Testament that one wants to emphasize that he being filled, right? And it is talking about now having wisdom from God about what to do. Well, we see the same thing in the New Testament, and that is Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, proclaims on the day of Pentecost— the explanation of what everybody is seeing. Uh, when, and began to think, well, let's look for continuity between Old and New Testament and not try to pit them against one another. And if you're looking for continuity, you understand that what the New Testament calls walking in the Spirit, the Old Testament calls wisdom. Right? And that those two things are essentially synonymous. The other thing I noticed in the Old Testament was that when they use the expression that the Spirit came upon someone, that was usually for power. So when the Spirit came upon Samson, for example, right, Samson didn't suddenly become wise, right? He became powerful, and he was able to defeat his enemies. Uh, And we see this routinely in the book of Judges, that the Spirit of God comes upon somebody, and and then power is the result. And throughout the Old Testament, it's a a routine reference. Now, I don't think it's 100%, but it's pretty close, right? It's like almost always those are the distinctions between them in the same way when the spirit is coming upon someone right when jesus says to the apostles wait f- for the spirit to come upon you then you will receive power is the idea so we see both of those things happening so my my basic gist here is that wisdom is primarily the relational element of this and that is that i'm walking with god relationally and in that relationship he grants me wisdom to know which way I should go. As the Old Testament says, you'll hear a voice behind you saying this is the way, walk in it. Whereas when I am walking in the Spirit, I am much more likely to see the power of the Spirit flow. And I think that the power of the Spirit tends to flow primarily in the area of our giftedness. So for me, that tends to be more in teaching. right? It's that, and I regularly find myself when I'm teaching saying things I wasn't planning to say and going, that feels like a God thought. And uh, sometimes when I'm teaching, I will find myself talking to myself like, you know, you need to listen to what you're saying right now. And that's sort of this God thought where he's he the the power of what's happening is happening through your gift. And so people who have some people have a gifting that is more oriented towards healing or more oriented towards the miraculous and things like that. And thus, they'll tend to see uh, um, that power in those contexts, more more regularly, so that's the idea uh, behind that was a long answer to slow, right? Oh, but yeah. I, love it.
0: <laughs> I was even thinking as you were talking, um, uh, I just kept hearing with, with wisdom, that wisdom is doing things with God.
1: It is. and that would be the other Old Testament word that you hear a lot. In fact, I, when I was in seminary, I heard a sermon called "The withness of God." <laughs> and it's this idea that throughout scripture, how often did God say, I am with you, right, and that him being with us was the key to all of it. well, through the Holy Spirit living in us, God is with us all of the time, and so those two ideas are definitely connected
0: Huzzah. how how can we um, know that what we are hearing is God like you know the, how how do we how can we recognize our wisdom versus God's wisdom versus, oh, my father's pretty wise and he's telling me something and is that from God?
1: Yeah, no, that's is a tricky thing. I know a lot of people whose lives have been derailed because they thought they were hearing from God. In fact, if you go to a most psych wards, you're gonna hear a lot of people who are convinced they're hearing from God. Uh, and I know people who've ended their marriages because a pastor told them, God told me you're supposed to divorce your husband. I mean, yeah, there's a, a need for for discernment. And so when we're talking about wisdom. It might help to define it, and that is from a again from an Old Testament perspective, wisdom is starts with discernment, and discernment is the ability to distinguish what's good for me and what's bad for me and so, as a parent, we want to teach our kids right you know discernment don't touch that stove that would be bad for you right you know don't eat that that would be bad for you we we uh and so our goal is we want good things for people, and so you have to learn discernment about what's going to lead to good and what's going to lead to bad. Well, the problem, of course, is that life is so complicated that we can't possibly know everything, and no one person can have all of the wisdom that they need for life. And so God does that on purpose, I think, because he wants us relationally to connect with him to get his wisdom and his guidance. Now, the frustrating thing about that is that he often doesn't do it the way we want him to. So, if I'm saying, should I marry this person? Should I uh, go to this school? Should I, what is the will of God for me? Should I, am I supposed to do this or do that? I find that he often doesn't answer those directly. And part of that is because he wants me to walk through the process with him. And in the end, he'll get me where I need to be. But sometimes there's just a process to it. And I'm just, my problem is impatience you know, that I want, I want it now and I want it immediately. And I want the instant gratification of being able to stop and hear God right now and know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And for a lot of us, I think the reason that that's a problem is that we're doing it out of fear that if I don't hear from God, I'm going to get this wrong. And then everything's going to fall apart. And we're trying to use walking in the spirit as a way to be perfect. And I found that I can walk in the spirit and still make mistakes. And that is, this is not a recipe for how to be perfect and get everything right all of the time. And so we need to... I I heard uh, Bill Gillum years ago. uh, He he wrote Lifetime Guarantee and and had some uh, good exchange life teaching. And he said, you know, it's possible to walk in the Spirit and still burn the eggs, right? (laughs) You might hear the Spirit say, you know, make breakfast for your family this morning. Well, you can still mess that up, even though you heard from God correctly. So this is... I think it's we need to have the freedom to realize that we're not talking about an expectation of perfection and that if you get this part of Christianity right, you'll never make a mistake again. So I think it's important to understand that too. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm I'm also just dwelling on um, I feel like you used to to teach slow more as stopless and obey, and you have started teaching it more as seekless and obey. And I think some of that comes from what context you're in. So stop would be more in a moment of temptation, stop and listen, um, versus seeking as a lifestyle. And so, um,
1: yeah. And that came from my own experience, right. That is, uh, I grew up in a church that could be described as, you know, father, son and Holy Bible, right. It was that kind of church much more than, uh, I certainly didn't grow up in the charismatic world. I wasn't, uh, um, and the idea that God wanted to speak to me, honestly, in my theology uh, as a teenager and even early in my 20s, was that I didn't ever expect to hear from God in my entire life. And that if I did, maybe once, maybe twice, about something really important. But this idea that I should have a, a conversational walk with God, a listening walk with God, wasn't on the radar. My, my picture of wisdom was study the Bible and the Bible will fill you, and that will make you wise. And there's some truth to that, right? Because the Holy Spirit did author the Scripture, and it does give us a worldview that helps us you know, discern things and recognize what's going on. And I think that we're, our next session, we're going to be talking about the role of Scripture in, uh, in helping us walk in the Spirit. But uh, the problem is that when you're only using the Scripture and you don't have the Holy Spirit involved, then... It's like a plane that's only got one wing. <laughs> you know, it's probably not. You're just going to go in circles a lot. I also think that um, I think the original question was, "How do you know the difference?" Yeah, right. Discernment, so discernment,
0: testing, all that.
1: So there's a couple of things on discernment. Uh, the first one I point to is that you can discern whether or not the Holy Spirit is leading you because it will always lead you to the fruit of the Spirit. So if you sense God is telling you to do something, but it's directly contrary to the fruit of the spirit, then you know, that's not God. So if it's saying, you know, be impatient and yell at this person, right. That's not coming from God. If it's uh don't show self-control, right. You know, just indulge yourself. That's not coming from God. If it's a, uh, uh, if it's something that's leading you to not be loving, right. Or to not uh, express that. It, then it, there's, if there's no peace in it, and when we say peace, I want to be careful about this too, because it, it uh, there's a lot of counterfeit things in the new age that give people peace, that can give people euphoria, that can give people a feeling of ecstasy, like, oh, this has to be God because I feel so good. Um, what we're talking about more is that I have a peace that this is the sort of thing God would want me to do. And part of the way that I know that is that I know scripture. But part of the way that I recognize that is that this this prompting that I'm getting, yeah, if you can kind of tell this is the right thing to do. And there's a piece about it. Like, yeah, this is the right thing to do. So we start with simple ones, right? And like, I was uh, very upset with your mother. once. (laughs) I know you've never seen us upset with each other, but uh, no, it's a, uh, and I, when I get upset, I tend to shut down. And so when I shut down in this case, I got in the car and I was running an errand. In my mind, I'm just like, chewing her out. I'm so upset. And I'm feeling very justified in my anger and very justified in in where I'm at. And all of a sudden, there's this random other thought that comes into my head, which was, you're just having a pity party. Well, you know, that didn't fit the narrative that was, you know, that was going on in there. And I took it as the Holy as the Holy Spirit thought, because I'm like, well, what what would happen if I follow that line of thinking? So I'm like, all right, and it stopped me in my tracks because it was kind of a surprising thought, and I realized, yeah, what I'm doing is I'm feeding my flesh, and it's pretty clear in a situation like this which one's the Spirit and which one's the flesh, because you're talking about you know which path does God. Was going to make God happier, which one is clearly a more loving thing to do. And I find that most of the stuff that we're talking about when it comes to walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit is that sort of thing. It is this, this path is clearly more in line with what God would want for our lives. Um, it's the other ones that uh,
0: I would also jump in on there and say, you know, I, I think that there is a tone to God's voice that um, he says things Gently, or like he 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 might say something very hard nosed, or you know it could be said with a condemning tone. But I, in my experience, when he has convicted me of something, or you know Mm -hmm. it hasn't been a ew kind of feeling. It has, you know, even if it's something that makes me go, oh man, you know, yeah, I need to change this or or whatever. I, I don't feel. I know it's God who's convicting me of it because I I feel peace about the fact that I'm yeah. being convicted about it. <laughs> There's no question
1: about it. And I would say that um, most of the time when I know it's God, it's corrective mm-hmm. right That's one of the ways I know it's God is because I'm in my flesh I'm going down this road and I get this random thought that is not in sync and the and so it startles me into wait a second uh, you know I need correction here. but every time that I felt that correction, even though it's been it's been like a healthy shame message, um, I have left feeling like you will be happier with you se- yourself if you do it this way.
0: Yes. It's not a toxic shame message. <clears throat> it's not It's not like if you have one bird on your shoulder feeding your angsty yeah. thoughts, um, it's not another bird coming and saying, how dare you have these bad thoughts or, you know, right. you're just having a pity party in that way. It's 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 well, not a sh- toxic shame. It's a healthy, corrective. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happened, you know, in that case too. So by the time I got back from that errand, mm-hmm. you know, I was in a much better place and I was able to, you know, have a very different conversation than I would have had. And, uh, you know, the evening turned out a whole lot better too. So (laughs) we have, uh, uh, so all those things help. So that's one way that we know it's the spirit is that it will lead to the fruit of the spirit. That's my first test. If you got to take it to the next level too, um, there are some things that are just purely not scriptural and you like, you know, you need to divorce your wife and marry this other person in the church. Well, that you know, that's clearly not God. That's not scriptural. And then there's also uh, direct testing. And uh, the direct testing is this idea, um, especially when it gets into spiritual experiences, because almost everything the Holy Spirit does, the devil can counterfeit. And so because of that, we have to test experiences. I'll give you an example of this. I got an email one time from a, uh, a missionary, and there were nine teenage kids in this church who were all slain in the spirit at the front of their church and simultaneously had exactly the same vision. Now on the surface, that would sound like, well, if that's not the Holy spirit, what is right. You know, the Holy spirit gives them a dramatic experience in a church, you know, with a special evangelist there, whose you know, gift is having people experience the Holy spirit and they have the exact same vision. You know, how can that not be the Holy spirit? Well, that's fine until you hear the, the vision. And the vision was essentially teaching pure legalism. And what they did is they visited heaven, they visited hell. And what they, what they saw was, uh, for example, Christians who enjoyed Christian rock music were burning in hell, right? The uh, Christians who danced were burning in hell, right? It was just going through the street uh, legalism. So I, I sent back a, a message to the missionary and I said, can you think of a better way to start a cult than to give somebody a supernatural experience like this? That everybody, nobody questions, and now they say, well, we all know what God wants now, right? We all know the right thing, because cults are characterized by believing that there's one person who's got a special connection with God that nobody else has, and we all have to submit to what that one person hears from God. Well, that's really dangerous. You know, And even Jesus left 12 apostles, not just one. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I think there's 12 apostles and not just one is that there was no one voice that said, everybody submit to this one person.
0: Well, we even see in the scriptures, Peter and Paul having <laughs> corrective conversations. Like-
1: well, yeah, we do. Yeah. And I think that's all for our edification and our benefit because um, it's not meant to be. Uh, it, it, once you start getting this idea that only one voice is the final arbiter of all things that are true. You're, you're starting to go down this slippery slope to something very cult like. So we do test the spirits and, uh, um, I, you know, in other ways we test the spirits or sometimes with direct tests and a direct test would be somebody who's had a supernatural experience and wants to test it to see if it was legit. Um, you just say something like what we call an if prayer, like if this is the Holy spirit, then I thank you for the experience, and I ask you, God, that it will bear great fruit in my life. But if I have been deceived, and that was not the Holy Spirit, it was a counterfeit, then I renounce that experience in Jesus' name, and I command that Spirit to leave. Well, I've I've done this probably, you know, I don't know, 30 to 50 times with people in my, my life, and I'd say right now it's about 50-50. How many of them are the Holy Spirit? It's really the Holy Spirit. And how many times they were actually deceived by something, and it was a counterfeit religious experience. And I say that because the Holy Spirit is not offended by that test. right? The Holy Spirit has never said, how dare you think that I might be a demon? right? And it's like, no. It's like, yeah, you did what the Bible told you to do. You tested the spirits, and no, this is me. We're all good, and everything went forward, and that person was bearing fruit in their lives. But we have had people who've had counterfeit tongues. They've had counterfeit. Miracles, they've had counterfeit, uh, you know, religious visions, they've had, you know, counterfeit all kinds of uh, things, psychic abilities, and, you know, they're claiming to be prophets, but they're actually not. They were actually getting things from a demonic spirit. So we we do test these things because um, some people have never heard that they can be counterfeited. And so they just assume that because it's happening in a church, it must be God, it must be the Holy Spirit. So it's one of the reasons why we do blend the the spiritual warfare training with our walking in the spirit training to try to bring balance to this and make sure that we don't get deceived.
0: That's really good. And wow, I can't believe we're already at the top of our time here. There's so much. Like like I said at the beginning of the episode, we could have many, many episodes just on doctrine of the Holy Spirit and such. There's
1: no question about it. Yeah.
0: I encourage you to get the book A Deeper Walk and <laughs> read more about this but um for now father do you have any other things that you wanted wanted to make sure you touched on in this episode
1: Well yeah I mean the the main thing when as I started to say earlier that I did not grow up in a church that taught this stuff so my journey one of the reasons that this fluctuates between stopless and obey Watch and seek, listen, obey. Is that I learned the process as stop, listen, obey because I learned it in a temptation context, and that is when you're tempted, stop and listen. Right? There'll be a still small voice inside. That was the advice a pastor gave me, and so that's how I started my journey. And I realized that that was that worked. That I often got surprising thoughts. Now there have been times when I was tempted, and I stopped and listened, I didn't hear anything. Um, but usually if I stopped long enough, I knew what it was God wanted me to do, even though I didn't hear anything. There was like this knowing, like, you know, I know he doesn't want me to, you know, go do this Mm -hmm. stuff. So there's a, which brings us to two kinds of listening. And I'll just wrap up with this. And that is we call it right brain listening, left brain listening, left brain is what most of us expect. And that is that I'm going to get a clear, distinct thought in my mind that is obviously the Holy Spirit. Or I'm going to actually have an audible voice or a vision or a dream or something that's going to tell me what to do. Well, that's more left brain hearing. It's where God interrupts us and just makes it clear this is what's going on. Most of the time, I think that our, our listening is right brain. So just like right now, you and I can look into each in each other's eyes and, and we can read each other's body language. And I can kind of tell it's like it's time to wrap up right now. <laughs> but I'm also this is good. I don't want to cut it off. You know, you can there's a lot you can read just from body language. Right. And and I'm looking at this like most of our communication is, is nonverbal. Well, I would call the right brain listening that nonverbal communication with God where we don't hear something per se, but we know what it is God wants us to do. And there's more of a, a sense of knowing or a sense of peace that I'm, I'm on the right track. I just need to keep going where I'm going. And so I would just uh, encourage people that there's more ways to hear God than just having him interrupt your life with some sort of a vision or a, a clear word or something like that. There's a more of our daily walk with God is is that right brain kind of connecting with God where we begin to intuit what uh, we've sense he's leading us to do.
0: That's awesome. I also uh, feel led to just give a plug to Don Whitestone's book, Strategic Business Prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, It it is good for more than just business. So (laughs) look it up.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, the Strategic Business Prayer book she wrote, actually is uh first it teaches you how to do listening prayer and then it applies it to business so if you're just interested in how to do listening prayer it's still one of the better resources out there on how to do it yeah very good very good thank you
0: dad and thank you for joining us on the trail today if you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with god please subscribe to the deeper walk podcast and share with your friends you can find more at our website deeperwalkinternational.org thanks again we'll see you back next week